episode 36 of the Adelan Rising podcast. In today's episode, we discuss Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 25, Secret Warriors numbers 8 and 9, and Royals number 11, as well as recent news related to the Inhumans comics and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiere. Hi guys, it feels like it's been over a a month since we last talked. (laughs) I don't think it's a month. It's It's been three weeks, but then the lack of a TV show now. We're not quite. We're not meeting up weekly, are we? No. Well, well a, it's a shame. Here in the states, there was a holiday. Happy Turkey tastes like uh, tastes like paper, and the Pilgrims were Murderers Day. But moving on. <laughs> I like turkey. I like my turkey and my mashed potatoes. What the hell, dude? See, we we have turkey what the for hell, Christmas, dude. We we get a nice big turkey for Christmas. We have ham mm-hmm. on Christmas. That's weird. Ham is weird. Ham is tasty. But so, um, I'm upset, guys, because I okay. know I promised people that I would, I would live tweet the Agents of Shield premiere, but I was only able to live tweet it for about 30 minutes because when I watch Agents of Shield, I watch it through the ABC app. Yep. On my tablet or on my friend's Roku, and last night. The ABC app decided that it was only going to show commercials, and then you would get the big message, we'll be right back, when the show would come back on. <laughs> no. Do you know Capitalism, how guys. Capitalism. Frustrating that is. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm so bad last night. So, so, but put it this way, I didn't have uh, fiber broadband uh, in where I live until 2015, so... I kind of, I kind of know where you're coming from on that one. Twenty fifteen. Where do you live, Middle Earth? Uh, well, it feels like that sometimes. It's yeah. It's ridiculous. So, so guys, I'm sorry I didn't live tweet much of the premiere last night, and I, apparently I missed some really excellent details, and I'm, I'm kind of pissed. It yeah. was a fantastic debut. I tell you what. Um, if oh, you, you haven't watched been it paying off? attention. I did. I watched it this morning, and. Um, if if those of you who haven't been who decided for one reason or another to stop watching, this is the season to start again because um, that shit was. I, off the I, chain. I I did see the first half of the first uh, episode. <laughs> it was like off the chain, like crazy. Yeah. It was great. So, so I, I'll have I, to. I, I'll I, I, uh, and um, there's time travel. There's space. There's. It's very confusing, but I'm looking forward to figuring out what what's going on. And um, it was well done. Um, so basically, it's like if you're into sci-fi, this is this is your show. Because so, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I like that's one of yeah. I lo- I love a bit of uh, time travel. Well, we don't know. I mean, it could be time travel. It could be... uh, For all I know, they're still stuck in the Matrix or whatever it's called. Um, Oh, the framework? But it's framework. Yo-Yo was all of us yesterday, because I remember seeing that quote. Yo-Yo was all of us. Yes. Um, But we should move on. Yeah. um, Go ahead. I was about to say we should move on to potential comic news, rather than go straight into reviews, because... uh, Sad news. Tough time. I have yeah. not been paying attention, so this is going to be new for me because I've been working two jobs. So sad news isn't good. What happened? So, um, I, I... well, the uh, the the February solicitations from Marvel came on, and there was a, a number of notable uh, absences. Uh, 
including uh, Royals and Secret Warriors. That's um, not good. Why not? not? Good, huh? and, uh, and also there's I'm, a lot of uh, Bendis books as well, which are, which is, is more kind of um, is, is more apt because he's leaving, but yeah, you know. I, I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, um, Matt, Matthew Rosenberg, who writes Sacred Warriors, has uh, just been announced as helming a New Mutants uh, six-issue miniseries, um, which stars, among other characters, stars Magic. Um, and I kind of see that as the death nail. That that pretty much, to yeah. me at least, guarantees that. That issue twelve will be our last issue of Secret Warriors, which is that too bad because the, the it's comic itself. Yeah, it's, it's been kicking it up to the next level of late, and I'm going to miss it. Um, we already knew that Royals was probably going to conclude with judgment issue day? twelve, then and then have this uh, two issue Judgment Day. I thought it was event one. At, well, I'm here. I, I two, yeah, two issue. Oh. Um, that's, well, more than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a one-shot issue, so that's good. I think it might have yep. initially and, been announced as that, but... Okay. Yeah. And that will wrap up the the Royals storyline um, of the progenitors and whatnot, um, which I'm looking forward to. But after that, there's uh, no mention of a subsequent team in Humans book uh, well, moving not, forward. Not yet, because... Not yet. And I've kind of, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just looking too much into this, but Saladin, uh, Saladin Ahmed has uh, kind of gone on Twitter as saying that he's got a new team book for Marvel. That's kind of oh. almost like Star Trek Next Generation sort of thing. And that just seems to fit the whole Royals thing. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that he's, he's onto that as well. And I, I would love for him to take over the helmship of, uh, of, of the, of the Inhumans in, in general. That'd be so good. Well, that'd be, it'd be fabulous. Indeed it would. I, um, well, Black Bolt is still going on. It yeah. was solicited for um, for February. It's twelfth issue. Um, not wait for that because if anyone's taken to like a fish to water yeah. for comic book writing, it has been Saladin Ahmed. Oh man, has Black Bolt been on fire? Such a good book, and I never cared about the character before, and I love it now, and I look forward to it every month. So yeah, it, uh, Black Bolt is my that absolute is favorite book. Yeah. That issue sees Black Bolt facing off against Lash, uh, the villain f- from way back in the day uh, who showed up in the pages of Inhuman yeah. and was a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Miss Marvel are both solicited for um, February, so their books seem secure. Good. Um, but so I, we might that's have good, see, especially might with less reviews. Yeah, I mean, we we might go to a uh, be a monthly kind of podcast thing, which would would suck. But you know, like... oh, we could always figure out other things to discuss too. Yeah. I have ideas for that. We'll discuss later. Um, yeah. Next year of... on Atalan Rising podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, speaking of Moon Girl. Um, I think with where her current storyline seems to be going, uh, I think we'll be seeing a lot of her, uh, hopefully for a while, because um, this most recent issue was definitely very, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, yes. Is. And if you're a Fantastic Four fan, 
uh, you should be reading Moon Girl. <laughs> Do you know what I was actually thinking? You know what we discussed uh, last episode when Doc was like, oh, Fantastic Four are great. They they set up everything in the Marvel Universe or words to that effect. Anyway, sorry, Doc, for <laughs> paraphrasing. Yes. Um, but um, actually, it did kind of make me want to go and read some, some Fantastic Four because it was like... As well, it should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Doc, do you want to do a synopsis on issue 25? Oh, sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I agree uh, with what both of you said. Um, for for those of you out there who've been hankering for some Fantastic Four, uh, seeing how they've been absent for so long, this is the book to pick up. Uh, the uh, very apropos, the story arc itself is called Fantastic Three. And the tale starts off with uh, uh, in Lunella's uh, little underground laboratory, where the Thing, Ben Grimm, and the Human Torch, Johnny Storm, have brought Lanella some of the many boxes of storage they had previously been collecting in the old Baxter building. These boxes are loaded with memorabilia and crap and all this stuff, but also a bunch of Reed Richards' old inventions, and Ben and Johnny thought that a fellow big brain like Lunella might have some use for it. Um... Now, Ben and Johnny bicker back and forth, and meanwhile, Lunella discovers an old Herbie unit uh, and accidentally switches it on. Uh, the robot comes to life sometime later on, and we'll likely see it uh, as the story progresses. Um, Lunella takes uh, Ben and Johnny up to her listening outpost on the roof of her apartment building, and there she explains that she's been monitoring different frequencies across the cosmos and multiverse in search of some sign of Reed Richards. Uh, She's just been dedicated to finding Reed, Susan, and the kids, not only because the world needs them, but also for her own reasons. As the current smartest person in the world, Lunella is feeling quite lonely and would just love a chance to talk and meet and get, you know, just be able to interact with the second or former smartest person in the world. Um, now, of course, Ben and Johnny appreciate the effort, but they, they kind of seem to think that this whole act is in vain. I'm still not entirely sure what Ben and Johnny remember from Secret Wars. Yeah, do they think that Reed and Sue and the others are dead, or do they know that they were left behind to help the Molecule Man in recreating the multiverse? It's unclear. In any case, they don't think that uh, Lunella has any chance whatsoever of actually finding him, finding Reed, but they appreciate the effort nonetheless. Now, as this is all going on, this, the narrative switches elsewhere, where a series of mysterious forces have been thieving various items uh, as part of some kind of sinister scheme. An experimental isotope is stolen, a large cache of gold is stolen, some barrels of toxic waste, and a huge amount of electricity are stolen. And, and each, each of these items are pilfered by beings just outside of the view of the, of the screen, but it, they look like the Fantastic Four. Uh, one is invisible, one has stretchy powers, the other has awesome strength, and the fourth seems to be made of fire. Now, I don't think this is actually the Fantastic Four, but it's something mysterious. Uh, back at school, Lunella has uh, offers up... <laughs> she offers up a bunch of her old Fantastic Four comics to Eduardo and Zoe, and oh, they're very excited. And, you know, these two kids, they're, they're Lunella's friends, but they're not one's whom she can really feel she can relate to on a deeper level. You know, she's she's really longing to be able to to interact with someone on her. Someone she can she can nerd out with. Now I would think she could 
she could call up Riri Williams because we're, we already know they're friends, but right. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, outside of school, the Lanella's mom and dad, very always nice to see them, have come to pick her up. And so, too, has uh, Ben and Johnny. They're like, hey, Lanella, over here. Um, it's not quite sure why they're there to see her, but um, before uh, they can figure it out, the whole thing is interrupted by the Silver Surfer, who comes down on his awesome surfboard and says he has uh, uh, a dire warning. Um, <clears throat> now, of course, whenever two heroes show up in a third hero's comic book, they have to fight, and that fight happens. So uh, the Thing and, and Human Torch battle the Silver Surfer, and then it ends when <laughs> Lanella Tech says, "I, if you guys don't stop, I'm going to destroy you all with my newest invention." And they all like, "Oh, whoa, snap!" <laughs> and then it turns yeah. out that her newest invention is just a box where she was keeping her leftover lunch. Um, <laughs> it's a leftover now, sandwich, right? Now, uh, Silver Surfer no longer has to actually say what his dire warning is. He can simply gesture to the uh, to, to to the to the, the distance where. The looming shadow of Galactus comes, you know, is, is, is looming over the Lower East Side. There he is. And <laughs> at first when I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's not, that's not Galactus. He looks all weird. But I, I yeah. was, it was pointed out to me that Galactus now wears these really he's gaudy the li- colors. He's, he's, he's the life bringer now. Did you not read the Ultimates? I did. I didn't. But I didn't know that was a permanent deal because uh, he's also showing up in in Thanos wearing his his regular uh, mauve and blue outfit. So I don't, you, you need can to tell. fix that, right? So um, it, was, it was a nice it, issue. It was, it was yeah. That's where, that's that's where things end. Um, and I tell you, it's I really enjoyed uh, getting to see uh, not Natasha Bustos and. Tam, Tamara Bonfilin draw the thing and Johnny Storm. They do such a great job of it. That well, you know, their, their, their style is very team. yeah. So, so uh, something did gripe me a little bit because I, I don't know whether I've just been reading too many Inhuman books or not, but I, I saw Johnny Storm and I was kind of like I had to do a double take because for some reason my mind sort of looked at it and it was kind of like that. That's not Crystal. Because, yeah, it was just, it was such a stupid, like, <laughs> such a stupid thing for my brain to say, wait, hang on a minute. But, yeah, no, it was... It was I'm sorry, out. what now? Yeah, I, I, for some Johnny reason... Johnny has the same hair color and uniform colors as Crystal, yeah. so he was registering Johnny as Crystal for some reason. Because cause I've clearly read far too many in humans books of late, so... No, <laughs> never. There's never enough Crystal, ever. <laughs> It's just yeah. Well, I, I suppose there's a that 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 Miss Bustos illustrates Johnny as a, a bit um, androgynous in, in yeah, his appearance. I, uh, I, I, I like was... the way she draws him. I think uh, it's 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 as reminiscent of old school Jack Kirby, but at the same time, uh, Bustos and uh, she maintains her own very distinct style. Um, yes. I, I I also like the way that she she uh, she drew him. When he was on fire, it was a kind of a minimalistic but still very cool way of, of you know, because everyone has their own way of drawing Johnny Storm when he's on fire and some better than others. I like this one. Um, yes. And yeah, I like 
Go ahead. So I was about to say, I just, I, I, I do agree with you. The, uh, the, the art style is very good and it's very quite, it, it suits the book, to put it that way. And um, the coloring does too, it's all bright and. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a book that's aimed at a younger audience because it's just so vibrant, it's really cool. It's like, uh, like I said last, last episode, uh, I tried to get my niece to, to have a look at a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur book. And that went well because now she's obsessed with dinosaurs, so. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah, no, no. All my nieces and nephew um, are Moon Girl, Double Dinosaur writer, readers, big time. Um, you know, and there's a funny in joke in here for longtime Fantastic Four fans like my myself, <laughs> not you two neophytes. When such disdain, Doc. Such disdain. Episode <laughs> over. Uh, I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> Um, Johnny Storm says, "Oh, that's Herbie. Herbie's stupid." And uh, the thing is, like, "Oh, you're just jealous of Herbie because of that one time he took your place." This is this isn't a reference to something that actually happened in a comic, but actually something that happened in a cartoon uh, way back in the day. Uh, uh, Hanna Barbera produced a pretty good Fantastic Four cartoon that had uh, Alex Toth did all the uh, character designs, whatnot. It was, and they took they took stories right from the comic. It was a great for the time. It was a great cartoon. Then, like in the 80s, some other studio did another uh, Fantastic Four cartoon, but they, they couldn't secure the, uh, the IP rights for Johnny Storm, so they just X'd him out and replaced him with this robot named Herbie, who was supposed to be cute, but he wasn't. And he was like a wise-cracking, you know, he was always cracking wise on the thing and it was just a terrible cartoon and and everyone's like oh why is why is this robot here um so Wait, was that the they, studio that did the spider woman cartoon too i have no idea but um because the people who did the spider woman cartoon also did the fantastic four cartoon so you said i, I was know. on in the 80s yeah yeah no wonder i haven't watched that i mean I, i'm only 24 that, guys. <laughs> it was all right well um, <clears throat> there's a thing now. It's called YouTube, and you go on it. You can see all kinds of things that happen before you're born in other countries. Look at you, Doctor. all like up I'm, all the time. Technology I, now. I feel like I've been yeah. told off by my dad. <laughs> I don't know. It's like when I get these like questions, like, "What does this mean?" Just go to Google, find out. Um. Basically, but, my entire no, degree, that is. My, yeah. That's my entire bachelor's. Um, <clears throat> so, it, it's, a great, it's a great comic, and I'm not sure to what extent this will tie directly into Marvel 2-in-1 number 1, which I think is coming out next week, um, because I think Lunella is a guest star in that book as well. Although the continuation uh, of this story specifically is, is going to be in the next issue of of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, which will guest star Silver Surfer and Galactus. Um, so, I, oh, an interesting bit uh, I should mention before we stop reviewing this is that um, Lunella doesn't know that Galactus is a good guy. I mean, I didn't know either. So when she sees him, you know, her thoughts are like, "Wow, this is this could be it." Well, and, it, it just just to cut you off, Doc. Too, it could be that maybe. He's drawn with his most recent colors, but they have him going back to being bad. But when I think when Ultimates ended, he was still Lifebringer Galactus rather than Death 
destroyer of worlds or whatever, Galactus. Worldita. So, I guess we'll find He's out. He's still a, you know, 60-foot anthropomorphic guy with a giant helmet. It's not fun to see him, I'm sure. <laughs> no, like, it's probably terrifying. And and her thoughts are like, you know, this is terrible. Uh, you know, uh, part of her was like, I wish I had Devil Dinosaur with me to to to, uh, to take on the threat and help me. But another part of her is, I'm glad that Devil Dinosaur isn't here, that he's safe in his own universe, and that if the world does end, at least he'll be okay. And I thought that was a really nice little callback to how she's still very ambivalent about having left behind her good buddy, Devil D, um, in I, his I home dimension. Him. I miss him. I do, too. We all yeah, um, want him to come back. And he's not a part... He's not a part of the current uh, Secret Warriors arc. I um, um, what, what, he no, keeps he, saying no. she's leaving him at home, so I'm wondering if at this point he in Secret Warriors he's gone, gone, but she's not letting anyone know that. Uh, 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 back in Secret Warriors number seven, there was a little asterisk saying this story takes place before. Oh the right, event, right. Yeah, uh, of Moon Twenty Three. <sighs> Um, but we can jump right into the Secret Warriors, or do you guys want to talk more about Moon Girl? No, I don't no, have anything good. else to discuss about Moon Girl, other than if you guys aren't reading it, you should be, because it's just a lot of fun, and it's uh, kind of digging deep into uh, digging deep into uh, the Fantastic Four stuff, so if you're a fan, you should be reading it. And, uh, you know, a big bummer is that the next trade paperback isn't being released until February, which means I can't purchase it for Hanukkah for all my nieces and nephews so that's that's a big bummer um, uh, that was apropos of nothing um, that okay, is Secret a bummer Wars. I'm waiting for I'm, I'm waiting for my moon girl action figure from Marvel Legends with the di- giant dinosaur because that'd be awesome Just is that saying. happening? I don't know it should be I wish it hasn't been oh announced my God. Yeah. oh my I, I got Doc's hopes up Doc got all excited he's I like oh my god I got I'm- excited <laughs> He'd be a good. What is it when they when they have all the dolls and then if you buy them all you can you can build a a, a fourth doll or whatever, build a figure. Oh no, isn't that um, uh, it's like Marvel Legends or something. Yes, they need to do a Marvel Legends Moon Girl line, and then they could do like her and oh they already have Kamala, but you know what I mean. They could like do like all of them, like all the Secret Warriors. Yeah, and then you could like build Devil Dinosaur with the build a figure. <laughs> How freaking awesome would that be? I Everyone writes Marvel are, Legends and say, "Why that hasn't this happened?" Yeah. I don't know. Um, why, I better get shelf. Why are we not in the market, marketing <laughs> team for Marvel? Right? Because <laughs> let me tell you, I could design some really awesome, like girl toys. Anyway, and moving I, and on. I, and, I'm a, and I'm a design engineer, so I could design them. There you go. Hey, see. Marvel Legends Moon Girl line with build a devil dinosaur, make it happen. Onto Secret Warriors Ape, where it has the most relatable scene of any book featuring Karnak ever before. Karnak is (laughs) relatable to to whom? (laughs) To me, (laughs) honestly. You wear loincloth regularly, Adam? Huh? Wear loincloth regularly. Yes, I wear long class in my tire? office where, where people go, what do you actually do? <laughs> you know, we we can actually review both issues 8 and 9 because they've both come out, so we can do them both at the same time. Yeah, let's That's do that. what I was shooting for. Okay. 
Um, I'll let, I'll get, I'll be sure to uh, give you a um, a moment to to vent uh, or on loincloths when when the time comes. Um, that's an interesting that's, take. That's, on that's a bit as, of a weird phrase. <laughs> that's a right, weird way okay. to put it, Doc. <laughs> so, okay. uh, sinister machinations. Um, <laughs> Secret Warriors 8 and 9 Alright, so The very much lives up to his name Mr. Sinister has been kidnapping Young and human subjects as part of some Nefarious scheme um, That has started off with him uh, Abducting um, Dante's uh, niece um, And this is all proven Reason enough to get the band back together And the Secret Warriors refer- Reform reform uh to hunt down sinister's forces and rescue dante's niece uh the tale opens up on a, oh the first issue's tale opens up on this playground it's actually a really creepy scene it's it in is. michigan thing and it sees three little boys they're playing with their action figures they should have been playing with a moon girl build a dinosaur action figure but no they had <laughs> right like, Mr. anyways um the Dark Beast and Mr. Sinister and a bunch of, I don't know, Frankensteins show up and they abduct one of the kids. They just like put a bag over his head and take him away. And, um, you know, it's all illustrated in a somewhat comical fashion, but it's, it was a rather jarring and frightening scene. Um, also, uh, Sinister seems to have some brain in a box device that ha- allows him yeah. to track. Ugh. I don't know what that's all about. Um, Mr. Sinister is just a fucking creep and I don't like him. Anyway, go ahead. He- it's a creep. Yep. The narrative uh, quickly shifts over to Venice, Italy, to the executive offices of the Unilex Corporation. Ahura, the son of Medusa and Black Bolt and current CEO of Unilex, has come to the branch headquarters to see what his newest employee, Karnak, has been up to. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah! Um, Yes, and so he he gave him a nice office, a corner office with bay windows and whatnot, but he's put up boards and all sorts of notes and it looks like um looks like some crazy conspiracy theorist <laughs> i don't know what uh, he's hanging out in front of his laptop or his computer wearing nothing but a loincloth it's like this is not what he meant by business casual and um it's just it's just the it's just the line by her it's like i just flew into town because well because no one is quite sure what you're doing in here. <laughs> and it's just so weird. It's like, oh my god, it's just like... The Hura and Karnak interactions are like A+. Plus it's just right. it's just Karnak in general, in this whole, like, I, I think I mentioned it last, well, it was the name of the last episode, where it's like, how I am is inconsequential. It's just, he's absolutely brilliant being written at the moment. It's just, oh... So well, he good. does mention that he's he's managed to uh, bring the branch shipping network up to ninety eight percent efficiency. Now he needs to be left alone to continue <laughs> his work, and he ushers her out, and he's like, "Ah, uh, this is my company. You can't do that." But then he has to leave. So. <laughs> Whatever. It's just a uh, cloth. I mean, what what, um, what was that, you have to ask? What the thinking behind that was? I mean. <laughs> I had to ask the artist because I don't know if that was in the script. Like, like did Rosenberg just go? Hura walks in and Karnak's in a loincloth. I mean, like, like, or is that just something the artist did because it's Karnak? I mean, I don't. We have to ask. We'll have to ask. Uh, I well, the artist, is, whereas um, most of the issue is illustrated by Yevia Garen, the the 
parts with Karnak and Ahura are illustrated by Will Robinson. And Will Robinson is a, he, he's a long, he does a lot of sort of comedic books. Like he did, um, Great Lakes Avengers and, and, uh, I, I could see him being like, you know what? I'm going to draw him in a loincloth and just for the <laughs> kicks of it. But we oh can separate on that for months. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, once more, the narrative shifts to the suburbs of Toledo. And this is where Dante's sister, Gabby, lives, and the scene of the crime when the Dark Beast had abducted uh, Gabby's daughter. Oh, and I should mention that in the next issue, they finally name the daughter, the niece. Her name is Ariella, so that's convenient that we finally know her name, so I don't have to keep on saying Dante's niece. So that's where Ariella was abducted, and uh, the secret warriors uh, have reformed, and they gather around spitballing ideas over how they might locate her and um gabby's consternation over her missing baby is compounded by the warrior's constant bickering um you know miss marvel apologizes noting that bickering is pretty much what they do best uh moon girl u- suggests utilizing karnak quake disagrees miss marvel suggests they contact the x-men dante says no way they're part of the problem and then their argument is interrupted by this loud thud that echoes from the upstairs. And they, they run up to investigate and uh, discover that the X-Men known as Magic has teleported into the home. After a brief but tense standoff, uh, Magic lowers her sword, saying that she has come to aid the warriors. The Dark Beast had escaped on her watch, and she is uh, offering her assistance as sort of a recompense. And it turns out that Magic had learned of where the, lawyer, the warriors had, you know, where they were by way of the forum. The forum <laughs> is an internet. <laughs> this is so forum. great. I love this. this is so great. <laughs> the forum is an internet chat board in which the various young heroes and Hercules are all able to talk with one another, gossip, exchange mission details. Uh, so Moon Girl had initially contacted Massmaster of the Power Pact, helping he might assist. Massmaster then spread the matter on to the young heroes. Uh, it got to the X-Men, and then finally somehow got to magic. And all this is uh, kind of just a narrative contrivance to explain how magic knew where they were but it's awesome i love this whole idea of the forum that there's this i wonder if uh, the cool wasp the better spider-man and the cool the cool hulk oh yeah yeah. i wonder if uh, i wonder if any of them have ever been banned from a forum i mean uh any of us able to uh identify with that (laughs) (laughs) um uh, the the forum, yeah, is 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 cool, and it's a great way of tethering together all of the younger heroes and Hercules. Um, and uh, yeah, and and Moon Girl Hercules refers to each of. <laughs> is he? He's like twenty thousand years. Okay, um, <laughs> he's definitely uh, young at heart. Then. Good on Hercules for getting up with technology. Okay, just there you go. he. He's, just, he, he's he's more in tune with tech than Thor is. That's he just, all that he just pulls out the iPhone, goes, oh, yeah. Right. Hello, fellow kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. Uh, the Lunella refers to all the legacy characters as the cool versions, um, which uh, people thought I thought was funny, but I, some other people thought that was was lame. But whatever, they stink. Um, <laughs> and um, so, anyways, magic's there to help. 
uh, Dante's like, no, I don't want your help. You're you're an X Men. You're you suck. And you know his his sister Gabby's like, no, shut up. I won't hear of it. If this creepy teleporting woman with a giant sword and a revealing outfit wants to help them, then then she's going to help. And that's that. And um, it turns out that she is of great help because she can teleport. She can teleport the entire team uh, through these portals that kind of traverse through limbo. And it's uh, quite jarring to travel that way. Um, every time they, they teleport, uh, Dante cannot help but puke. Um, <laughs> and he's like, does that make everyone puke? And Magic's like, yes, yeah, some sorts of people do. Uh, and um, Anyways, they, they follow a bunch of leads, uh, searching out for uh, the type of laboratory equipment the Dark Beast might want to, um, to, to purchase, and maybe they could follow the shipping, and whatever. There's an interesting scene where, um, where she's looking for something, and it cuts back to Karnak, and he either... Yes, he's still in a loincloth. Um, and he... He either helps her, either he helps her or he hinders her in uh, rerouting to cover up his own involvement. I'm not quite sure which one actually occurs here. Um, Whatever the case, they end up in this industrial lot in Clearwater, Florida, where there's just this normal looking work plant. But once they go inside, they encounter a horde of uh, the Dark Beast sort of stitched together Frankenstein monsters. Um, a big old battle engages. Uh, one gets the drop on Quake, but Inferno, Inferno blasts him in the back. And this leads to a rather embarrassing exchange where Dante tries to act cool and flirty, but he trips over his words, and it's pretty awesome. Um, Magic is way much more savage than Miss Marvel's used to. Uh, she actually has to intercede to save Magic from the monster, but it also saved the monster from Magic. And Magic is clearly annoyed by Miss Marvel's innocent idealism, you know. Likewise, Miss Marvel is clearly disquieted by uh, Magic's ruthlessness. In any case, these monsters. And it's kind of no- funny because uh, Daisy and uh, Magic kind of bond over that. Yes, they they continuously like they give each other looks like. Can you believe this chick? Oh my god! Um, yeah. Uh, they f- they they defeat the monsters. They don't find Ariella, but they do find this big antechamber filled with tubes um, and all these children inside these stasis chambers. I don't know, maybe like fifty kids, all um, all in chambers um it's it, and that's the cliffhanger ending like what is this um and that segues right into the next issue which begins um with um magic miss marvel and quake in the process of reuniting all of these abducted kids with their families and you know clearly magic has not Really happy about having to do this because she, when she rings the doorbell, she's just like ring, 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 ring. <laughs> and then the the uh, the mom or dad or whoever answered the phone is like, "Oh my God, Billy or Johnny or Kathy," and is so happy to see the kid. And before the team teleports away, Miss Marvel's like, "You're welcome. We didn't abduct them in the first place." <laughs> to which is you know she Daisy cannot handle it. She's like, "What the." Fuck you doing? It makes us feel so guilty. And, and uh, 
look on her face is priceless. Uh, um, Miss Marvel's like, no, it's not, and Magic is like, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> now, now, meanwhile, uh, uh, D- Daisy and Dante have a running uh, bet on whether or not any of the kids will puke after doing the teleportation. So far, none have. So he keeps on having to give her ten dollar bills and saying double or nothing. Um, Apparently, he's the only one who vomits when they teleport. Um, now, the narrative shifts over to the Unilux Corporation, where young Ahura is trying to conduct a board meeting. Karnak enters in, also, asking look, just, for just some to, money. That's just a quick one. It looks like uh, it looks like TV show Triton's in on that meeting as well. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a guy that looks exactly like my Mike Moe's uh, Triton. Okay. It's weird. Sorry. Stir. They'll point okay. out. Okay. Yeah, no. I, I don't think it is Triton, but no, it's looks not. Sort of like... Yeah, it, it, it's like his <clears throat> TV counterpart. It's weird. Interesting. Well, Karnak asks uh, Ahura for for a big allocation of funds. Like, hey, give me some money. And Ahura's like, what? No. And then Karnak's <laughs> like, well, okay, that guy's embezzling a ton of money, so fire him and give me the money. And Ahura's <laughs> like, okay, fine. So they... <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> So, it's so good. Quite funny. Um, back in Florida, God, I love this comic. Yeah, it's such magic. Wake and Miss Marvel. They return to the lab, only to find that the beast and the dark beast and his forces have shown back up, and they've uh, apprehended uh, Inferno and Moon Girl. And uh, the beast has tried out some of Quake's advanced interrogation methods on. Uh, torture on Inferno, but he didn't ask the questions. In short, he just beat the shit out of the poor kid. Um, a fight ensues. Magic frees Moon Girl, who in turn frees Inferno. The team takes on the Beast and his monsters. Unfortunately, the warriors are tired and outmatched and soon bested. And the Beast, uh, he grabs the neck and he's clutching her and um, she passes out and um, the fight ends when uh, Mr. Sinister enters onto the scene and orders everyone to stand down. Uh, he has them, the warriors do the same by presenting Dante's infant, Dante's niece, Ariella, saying, hey, superhero battle is not a safe place for babies, so everyone chills out. Um, Sinister introduces himself, saying that, you know, he's a man of science and discovery. He has oh, no wah, bone wah. to pick. But the, yeah, total. <laughs> he has no bone. To pick with these heroes as long as they allow him to continue his work. Um, the reason why he's abducted Ariella is that he wants the warriors to convince Karnak to allow Sinister to finish the project the two had started many months ago. And Miss Marvel's like, but yeah, we have nothing, we're not related to Karnak anymore. We have nothing to do with him. And the Dark Beast, who has been farting around with Lunella's laptop this entire time, is like, yeah, you. You do, okay? You're lying. And um, you know exactly how to get in touch with Karnak, so we're going to take this kid, we're going to bounce on out of here, and you guys get going, getting Karnak back to do what he's supposed to do. They disappear, and they're all like, Lunella, what the heck? And she's like, all right, all right. Yeah, don't take don't take that tone with me. Each one of you guys have done unscrupulous things as well. She goes on to explain that the reason that, she's, uh, that she has indeed been maintaining contact with Karnak, Karnak because what he's looking to achieve is actually a worthwhile endeavor. She states that Karnak is attempting to obtain a new method of terror genesis 
that will allow the doomed in humans uh, a new future. Um, and uh, so then they get on her video conference and contact Karnak. And um, they're like, look, we, you know, we need you to help us. You know, what the heck? <laughs> and Karnak's like, yeah, yeah, I did help Sinister, but, you know, we uh, we disagreed on methodology and I, I left him off. And Inferno is livid. He says, he introduced, he, first he introduces Karnak to some kid. He's like, look, this is a kid Sinister abducted. We're going to return him back to Des Moines, Des Moines and then we're going to come and get Des Moines, Iowa. Um, he, he at first confuses it with Des Plaines, Illinois, but uh, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. We're going to we're going to return him to Des Moines, then we're going to come get you, and and you're going to help us make things right. And so all right, so fine. And so then Karnak makes an interesting decision. He. he First, he smells his matches. Which no, 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 no. Did, uh, did, if you if you look in the first panel or the second panel with the match, it looks like he's putting it in his ear. Uh, oh, which is gross as fuck. I thought it was just that he had it kind of like in his ear, the way of, like he pulled the pencil. He kind of looks at it and then he puts it around the side of his head and then he sniffs it, which is is the oh. most disgusting thing I've ever seen in a comic book before. But it's <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Because this is Karnak. <laughs> yeah. And he does weird things. <laughs> Regardless but of what he's doing. It's not like in the script. Like, I want to know is that in the script? Matthew <laughs> Rosenberg, if you are listening to this, did you script that or did your artist just draw it that way? <laughs> did, did well, again, Rosenberg- this, is, this is Will Robinson. Um, and, uh, is entirely, I don't know. It's a, it's this dark room filled with post-it notes everywhere and he's playing with matches. This is not a good idea. Um, <laughs> In in any case, he telephones the local news affiliate in Des Moines, like there's only one, there's thousands, but anyway, um, and he says, hey, do you guys still do feel-good stories? Because I got one for you. Um, there's a group of superheroes who are about to reunite an abducted child with their parents. You should go film that. And then hangs up. So when the new warriors do show up in Des Moines... Talking about yeah, Des Moines. Um, this whole news crew is there, and they think they're the champions, and <laughs> they're like, "Oh, hey, look who it is!" And and uh, uh, Miss Marvel's like, "Oh no, good press, press is good, whatever." And 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 uh, Daisy and and Magic are like, "Ugh, get these people out of here!" But they reunite the child with his family. Everything seems great until the kid's like, "I got something to say to the news crew," and he uh, and he says. I'm an inhuman for all too long. Uh, the humans haven't respected our power. And then he, he says something in ancient Tillin, which is the old language of, of old Adelan. And they're like, whoa, that was weird. And him doing this seems to trigger some sort of weird, I don't know, chain reaction or something. Miss Marvel's like, oh my god, everyone get back. And she grabs the kid with her elongated powers. But before she can, he explodes. And it's right there that this the issue comes to a cliffhanger end, and I have yeah. no idea what's up. That that ending um, was a bit grim, uh, frightening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bit kind of like the, the the last the couple of issues have just been so sort of like really quite comedic in tone, but yeah, they've just got this real sort of deep kind of ugh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so many so many questions like. Are the warriors okay? Is that little boy dead? 
did his making the statement was he, a, was he a life model decoy was he not really a real you know, no, real I think he's a little boy that, oh, that Mr. Jesus. Sinister Im- implanted him with some sort of booby trap that he was a he made him into a, a, a human IED um, and that's even darker than I was willing yeah. to I was, I was hoping that would be like a life model decoy or something well then that's what I mean. It's 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 really quite dark. It's really sort of like, okay, wow, this just happened. But yet you've well, got this... maybe he maybe maybe he's not exploded the way you know. Maybe he his inhuman power was activated, and it's the ability to create explosions, like I don't know, Nitro or whatever, some hero or villain that does that. Um, we'll have to find out. I mean, it's actually we only have to wait two weeks uh, because um, for some reason. Uh, Secret Warriors is going by monthly. Man, my cats are going nuts. Um, it, yeah, it was dark. It's scary. I, and and I'm wondering, you know, did Karnak know that that was going to happen? Um, well, no, because Karnak, uh, Karnak sort of said on the phone, Sinister, what on earth have you done, basically? Yeah. yeah, when he's looking at the TV, he's like, what did you do? But, I mean, how did he know where exactly to direct that news crew unless he knew who that kid was? Um, or that could just be a plot hiccup. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess, or we'll find out the next issue. Uh, I, we'll I, find I, out. I think that. Um, I think that we, well, we still got what's what's Connick's kid's name? Lear. Yeah. So, so Lear, he. Lear, yeah, you know. So he hasn't featured in a little while, has he? So. I've seen him in preview art. I think he's going to show up soon. Yeah. So um, I, I think he's going to be a big sort of part of the next. Maybe up until February yeah. when it doesn't carry on anymore. That's that's <laughs> sad. I'm so sad about this. Well, let's let's enjoy it when we got it. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, yeah. I mean, because this, this this issue kicks it up a notch. I mean, this is a thrilling, yeah, still, thrilling issue. Secret Wars with has been a lot since, of uh, since it came out. A lot of long-standing questions answered, but an answer in a fashion that answers that asks new questions. You know, it's like we now know that Karnak, his mission has been to find some alternative means of bestowing Terragenesis without the Terrigen Mess. Um, you know, previously he had been kind of given into despair about the looming end of the Inhuman race, but now it looks like he's taking action, drastic action, to, to attempt to offer a new future. Um, and he's been willing to go to extreme ends to achieve this, namely aiding the research of the diabolical Mr. Sinister, and even giving his son over to Mr. Sinister. Um, but I'm wondering, what is Mr. Sinister's intent, interest in all this? You know, I mean, what does he get out of this? In the past, yeah. uh, Sinister's goal has been the forced advancement of the mutant of mutant evolution. He believes that the mutant race is destined for great things, and that greatness must be forged by fire. That the weaker mutants must be called out, so the stronger ones. Oh are man, Mister Sinister and Lash would get along really well. Yes, right. Kind of I mean, neither of them um, really. Sorry, carry on. Well, he way back in the day, he he had his team of marauders go kill all the Morlocks, which were these sort of lower grade power mutants who lived in the the sewers beneath Manhattan. And his whole idea was sort of like strongest of the fittest and all this jazz. I mean, that's not how evolution works. And Mr. Sinister's basic grasp of natural selection could use a lot of brushing up on. But, you know, it's comic books. We'll let it go. 
more recent, but, but we also know that Mr. Sinister does not see the Inhumans as having some sort of hardier genome. He, he when he when he sees magic, he's like, "Oh, what are you doing slumming with these guys?" Like he doesn't he sees the Inhumans as lesser than than the mutants. Um, so I'm curious as to what he's hoping to gain from from uh, from this. Uh, Study study of the inhuman genome. Probably something that'll help mutants in the long run, or something. I don't know. That'll make them more. Sup- I don't know. That's all I can think of. Try to tie it in with the mutants. <laughs> and how does he need Karnak's assistance? You know, I mean, Karnak's a smart guy, but but Sinister and the Dark Beasts are are both diabolical geniuses, and. Um, it's kind of curious that they would be so in need of Karnak's assistance. Yeah. Um, it's also a bit weird mm. because uh, I'm pretty sure that Dark Beast died in Uncanny X-Men as well, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Comic he did. books, everybody. Yeah. Yay. Oh, really. But I mean, yeah, the other <coughs> thing is that Maximus kind of demonstrated that he knew how to make Terrigen at the end of IVX. Um, yeah. He did. So, but he, I, I don't know. I, I, I oh think that I think that both Secret Warriors and Royals are going towards the whole Terrigen thing, um, which is which is more obvious now than it was before. So yeah, which is, which is good. But it, it makes me wonder whether they're going to take the story. If you know what I mean. Well, it's all going to wind up in Judgment Day too, with wherever he's going with. Yeah, I don't know if to what extent Secret Warriors will play a part in Judgment Day, but it's I suppose possible. Um, I don't know. I, it, the the final issues of Secret Warriors issues eleven and twelve are going to co-occur alongside the publishment of Judgment Day, so I'm thinking probably not. But, no. Um, you never I guess we'll know. find out. Talking of Royals. We'll find out. Um, Talking of Royals. Yes. That oh, this issue. Super sad stuff, guys. I I. I, I got properly bummed Go out after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Doctor, to be honest. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a tough. I mean, a great issue, but uh, but a tough ending, that's for sure. Um. Uh, you want me to jump into it? Yes, Just please, jump yeah. on in because we're all we are having our moment of grief here. <laughs> <laughs> a, a tear is rolling down all my right. face. Yeah. <laughs> So the Royals team has traveled all the way to the World Farm, this mysterious home of the equally mysterious progenators, who are these like godlike beings that appear to be equal parts organic and synthetic, and their their lifeblood is this ultra mutagenic primogen. It was through the use of the primogen that the savage and prehistoric Cree were transformed and developed into an advanced spacefaring race. The Cree then used a derivative of primogen, Terrigen, to transform uh, prehistoric man into the subspecies known as inhumans. Yet Terrigen was lost, and because its aerosol form proved deadly to mutants, and they had to destroy it all. Um, and they've come to the world farm to try and find a new version. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's been tough going. Uh, <laughs> so the, the, the progenators have, uh, what's, what's, where am I at now? Oh, right. So they're bad news. They, they, they've, they've been studying the, the effects 
the primogen derivatives have been having on subspecies like the inhumans and the and the uh, universal inhumans, and they've been doing this by sending sky spears, which seem to be these crystalline forms of, of, of primogen because when Flint touched it, it's had this huge effect on him. And not only is his body slowly turning into this translucent crystalline form, but he also seems to have a, a greater awareness, like he knows what's what and how to get to the main hub of the world farm. They've stolen some sort of sky sled or something like that, and he's he's directing them, like, you know, we go this way and we go this way, and they they head further into the heart of the planet, and they find this giant uh, crystal primogen that's shaped like one of those tuning fork gifts that's so uh, you know endemic to uh, inhuman architecture and, and clothes and some inhumans themselves. Um, and uh, before they can formulate a plan, however, a couple of destroyer or exterminator class progenitors show up, and they're really creepy looking guys. Um, hopelessly outmatched, the royals fight on anyways. And then there's this really interesting aside. Um, you know, Swain, who's been the teen's pilot, she's not much of a combatant. Um, she's not quite sure what to do, but she dashes closer to the largest, to this large primogen structure, and drawing closer seems to greatly amplify her powers. Now, her power is the ability to read and manipulate emotion. And then, and she's sort of swept up in the sheer intensity of, of these powers being enhanced. And her mind kind of reaches out, perhaps communicates uh, with her girlfriend back on Earth. Um, now, Swain's girlfriend, fellow inhuman named Ash, or Panacea, uh, her own inhuman transformation has altered the way she experiences emotion. She doesn't feel emotion in the same way anymore. She experiences it sort of as a matter of logic and consequence. Um, and at first, this lack of, of conventional emotion made her the ideal match for Swain, because Swain lived in fear that she might accidentally not have full control of her powers and might manipulate a potential partner into loving her the way she loves them. But with Ash, she didn't have to worry about that, because Ash was immune to her powers. Um, but at the same time, it's left her a feeling a bit unfulfilled, you know. Ash, she doesn't, she she can't be emotionally manipulated, but she also can't express feelings in a traditional fashion. She cannot tell Swain she loves her, and not being able to hear that has weighed heavily on Swain. In fact, Swain might have accepted this mission to venture off into the stars as a means of getting away from Ash, escaping this sort of mounting sense of dread. That not being a, not being told "I love you" would ultimately lead to them breaking up. So all these fears and doubts and whatnot they kind of wash away as Swain is sort of bathed in the elevated levels of her inhuman power. She's able to reach out to Ash, and I'm not quite sure if this happens in reality or just in her mind, but they kind of communicate, and they communicate in an unencumbered way. Uh, and you know. She's able to see that when, when Swain says, you fascinate me, that's just her way of saying, I love you. That, that words really aren't as important as we give them uh, power. You know, they're placeholders, ways of communicating feelings in an approximated fashion. And that 
these two phrases, I love you and you fascinate me, they're one and the same to to her and it, it really makes her realize that 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 her situation that swain's situation with ash is good and she shouldn't be afraid of it and she should feel more fulfilled by it and, and it's all nice of course her little daydream is is shook and free when when marvel norvar's body comes landing with a thud and he's all on fire from one of the progenitor's rays and he's not dead but he's not doing so hot and um Swain stands up and reroutes her augmented, augmented powers into against the progenitor. She sort of transmits her feelings of rage and contempt into them, causing the two beings to hate each other with the same fervor that she hates them, and they just rip each other to shreds. And everyone's like, whoa, what just happened? Um, now, the threat is abated, but only for a moment. The others are like, uh, what should we do? Um, and uh, Manusa snaps together with a plan. She's like, all right, Flint, create, you know, use your powers to create a airsat spaceship. Crystal, use your power to generate a breathable atmosphere in that spaceship. Maximus, you got robot hands. Go pick up some shards of Parmigen that we can bring with us. And um, I forgot Maximus had robot hands. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, and... Uh, uh, let's get going. And um, it's a good plan, but they might not have enough time. And, and uh, there's really the only way they can get, they can fully execute this plan if one of the teams stands behind to facilitate the other's escape. And Gorgon volunteers. Medusa objects. She cannot leave a man behind. And the prospect of Gorgon's noble sacrifice fills her with dread. But Gorgon won't be swayed. He's been, a, he's been the royal guardian and viceroy since his youth. He feels it's his duty, his destiny to give his life in the service of his queen. And Medusa realizes that Gorgon just won't be dissuaded from this course of action. She kisses him goodbye and turns away. Flint creates his spaceship out of crystals. Uh, uh, crystal fills it with oxygen, and they get ready to take off and um, to facilitate their escape. Uh, Gorgon runs up and he puts his hands on the Promogen, which like augments his powers hugely. Um, and he jump and he sort of runs at the horde of progenitors, proclaiming that he is Gorgon of House Petragon. And then he says that his son shall remember his name and that he fulfilled his duty. And he slams down his hooven foot. Is that, is that a word? Hooven? Yeah. His hoof foot. <laughs> and when he slams it down, because he's been so empowered by the Primogen, it creates a, a shock wave that cracks the entire planet in half. And just as that happens, um, the royals escape in the little crystal spaceship, zooming away, and the planet is just apparently destroyed. And as they escape, it's great, but um, they know that their having escaped has come at Gorgon's sacrifice. Um, and <laughs> that is... That's that. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, I. I'm gonna make a comment on the whole Gorgon and Medusa relationship thing because it feels kind of like it was almost forced for that one moment. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that moment I didn't really care for. No, I, I. I mean, I. I think I preferred the, the the talk about his son and the fact that you know I, you'll remember my name. Um, yeah. I mean, that that was I think that was better for Gorgon than it was like the Medusa thing because I I, I just think that might have been a little bit unnecessary in previous issues. Yes, 
It's still, still sad, don't get me wrong. It's still sad. And honestly, though, I mean, we're assuming Gorgon is dead, but who's to say that maybe they're like, we're going to study him? Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's there's loads of different planets in that place, isn't there? So who knows what happened? Well, all I know is that when we spoke with Al Ewing, he said that whoever dies is going to stay dead as long as he's writing the comic. Um, <laughs> he might not be writing the comic very much longer. So whomever comes next could very well decide, yeah, I'm going to bring back Gorgon. I was going to say, uh, to, death be, to, is, be, to be fair, we don't know whether we're counting the guy that's been in the um, <clears throat> in the crystalline structure at the start of every issue. We're assuming it's Flint, and we could argue that technically he doesn't, he, he might not survive the trip home. So, and we still haven't had the secondary, have we had the secondary sort of terogenesis thing yet? Uh, well, I don't well, know. I guess if you that call would be it... Flint's, kind of what Flint's undergoing in some way, I would think. But then, well, Gorgon's I should say the that there's, there, every, oh, every. Valuing did say hair's growing back for a future issue, so maybe Medusa will. Yeah, of course her hair is coming back. I mean, what, what, there's been a series of, um, of prologues that have begun every issue of, of the series so far. And in it, um, Maximus, who's the last of the Inhumans, and he's like a thousand years, five thousand years old, and Novar, who's the new accuser and also quite old, have been sort of uh, traversing this ruined landscape of what of, of the Earth's future in search, searching for the, a way of awaking the Moon King. And from what we can tell, the Moon King is the future of Flint. He's this giant crystal monster with a skeleton on the inside. Um, and actually, the way that the skeleton is positioned inside is very evocative of a, a tarot card. Um, <laughs> what, well, being upside <laughs> it's gonna down? going to sound really yeah. goofy. Yeah. yeah, the hanged man. Yeah. Uh, I think it's card 12, I'm not sure. Anyways, the, 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 the hanged man... Um, is meant to, uh, depending on when it comes up in a tarot reading, I had to look this shit up, um, it means patience, the path towards spiritual growth, martyrdom, and sacrifice for the greater good. So, I mean, if those are symbols of foreshadowing, then, yeah, Flint may be the one who must patiently grow into his actualization and, and become this creature who will lay in stasis for 5,000 years in order to defend the Earth from the, from the progenitors when they return, See, that's, or that's, something like that. That's my, that's my kind of theory behind it, because I think that Medusa is still going to undergo the whole secondary, potential secondary pterogenesis stuff because of the fact that they just gathered Primogen. Um... Uh, Flint is going to be the one that basically ends up not dead but in stasis, and I'm pretty sure Black Bolt comes back for um, the end of Royals. I, I think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He's. Yeah. Well, he's on like, way. He's this, on. He's he's back at Earth now. Yeah. So yeah. I, this when when this episode airs, Black Bolt number Earth? what eight eight yeah air uh, streams eight will be on the stands, and that streams. that will show. Um. What am I? What am I saying wrong? You're saying, you're talking about like it's a TV show, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Black Bolt definitely be part of 
Judgment yeah. Day. Yeah, so I'm and... wondering if um, I'm wondering because you've now got Black Bolt and Lockjaw uh, back on Earth, whether he goes and rescues. You know, it's it's kind of. I think I think there's a bait and switch there. I think that we're all kind of assuming that it's uh, Gorgon that's kind of been you know head on the block, but I think it's going to be Flint, and then Gorgon's going to appear like right at the end or something. So, oh, well, that's a theory. Mm-hmm. I. We've already been bait and switched once. Who's to say it won't happen again? <laughs> yeah, but the first bait and switch was like the simplest bait and switch ever. True. I think, yeah. And I called that. Well, I think I, I think it. we've we've come. Yes, yeah, so did I. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we we I think we've come to expect the unexpected with this title. It's a lot of wildness. I mean, so much weird, high-minded, outrage sci-fi stuff. And um, but you know what I, I what I would like to talk about is uh, I mean, even though it, it it seemed a bit of an odd lull in the action, the scene with Swain and, and Ash was really great. It, um, was. it was. I, I love that, and I'm, I'm glad, I, I will say this, I'm glad that that relationship hasn't been glossed over, and I'm glad it got a little bit of time, because um, I don't know, I was kind of a fan of that decision at the end of All New Humans. I liked it, and I thought it yeah. was a really, really interesting um, plot point for James Asmus to do, and I'm glad that um, Al Ewing continued it and kind of explored it a little bit here. I think that's pretty cool. When we got the chance to talk with uh, James Asmus about Panacea, you know, he kind of confirmed that, yes, he meant for the nature of her powers and the way it affected her um, emotional processing to be kind of a a symbolic representation of of neuroatypical or autistic spectrum uh, functioning. And, you know, it's because... also, I also think it's kind of interesting just to cut you off is that she's also a healer. Right. Yeah. It's a good I point. Actually. I hadn't thought about that because that's because you usually associate people who can heal with like empathy and, you, you know, how do I put it? <laughs> Clearly, you haven't met too many surgeons. Well, I guess not. Yeah. But I mean, like nurses and that sort of stuff, they tend to be very empath- empathetic. Is that the word? Um, yeah, that's that's that is the word, and it's it's kind of I I, I get what you you talked about there, Saren, because it's kind of it's almost like the opposite right. of what you'd expect. You know, you look at like like well, triage from the X Men. He's always like really eager to help, but he's really unsure of his powers. Where it's kind of like almost the opposite way around for Panacea. Right. Kind of. Yeah, Oliver Sacks. Uh, the late great neurologist wrote a book called An Anthropologist on Mars. In it, he he there's a whole section dedicated to a a woman he worked with or he worked with, um, who is you know in back then we referred to it as as high functioning autism. I'm sure it has new terms now, um, maybe far left end spectrum Asperger's disorder. Um, but she you know she was uh, very had a very hard time reading and hearing and experiencing interpersonal emotional cues but she was an absolutely gifted veterinarian and um zoologist she understood animals on a level that other people simply couldn't so it, it kind of brought to the mind the idea that like um it's not better or worse is different yeah and that right. difference has uh um 
you know, can entail, some, you know, a higher degree of proficiency in some regards. Um, and that's really what this whole interaction between Swain and Ash is all about. You know, Ash does not experience a process emotion in the mainstream conventional way, but it's still, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's erroneous to suggest she can't feel love. She's right. just, she doesn't reciprocate the affection that Swain gives her, but she, she deals with it differently and it's just as good. Um, and that's really important. I think that, um, that Mr. Ewing actually handles the situation aptly and respectfully. And I really like seeing stuff like that in comic books. I mean, it was a weird, uh, <laughs> kind of intermission in the action, but I love that yes. scene nonetheless. Yes. Um, I think um, very cool stuff. I was also going to make a comment on it being um, it almost it almost represents kind of like those with uh, mental health issues as well because people with mental health issues can also struggle with expressing their feelings and that sort of stuff. And I think it does it, it does it, it, it does it justice for a broad range of of people, which is good. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's where the, I mean, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's an unofficial term, but a lot of folks like using the term neuroatypical, because it's very broad range. It means basically anyone who, who, the way they feel and think is not quite in sync with the conventional mainstream norm. That can include, you know, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, autism, you name it. Um, and, this has been a, I mean, you know, dating back to how um, how Ewing approached Maximus and his quote-unquote madness. This has been a long-standing theme in Royals. This idea that um, different isn't necessarily better or worse. It's just that different. Different ways of looking at things. Different ways of of experiencing and understanding things. That when it it's when it's unconventional, when it's outside the norm, it's viewed as pathological. But that might not be the right conclusion to jump to. And that's kind of a neat concept to just grapple with in a in a comic book, especially in a human's comic book. Um, and uh, I've been digging it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Royals has been yeah. fantastic. It's, it's 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 just a real shame that like Secret Warriors and Royals are, are actually going to come to an end. But I'm going to miss both of those books because yeah. they've been so fantastic between the stories and and the artwork, and um, especially now that um, Javier Rodriguez um, and Kevin LaBranda are on Royals, I just am really really going to miss them. And I hope that whatever um, Saladin Ahmed is uh, working on. I hope it is another Inhumans team book. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really kind of, really love the whole sci-fi, high concept sci-fi stuff that's been going on, and I really hope that it does continue because, you know, who cares if we get like less books if they're all like that and they're all like Black Bolt and they're all like Royals? Then, yes. I think I'd, I, I think I'd be happier with less but really good quality books. Um. But then well, again, right now we've been getting a lot of good quality books, but just more of them. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's true. We've had, we've had quite a spoils of uh, what's the term? Spoils of riches? Is that right? I don't know. I probably sure. and it, we've had an, an embarrassment of riches. And, that's what I'm looking for. And they never last. They, they never, never last. They never last. You know. But 
enjoy it while it lasts. I was gonna say, I mean, exactly. so I, I was I was talking to um, some of the guys on the Mixed Marvel Arts, uh, the the Fantasy Comics League, and I was just talking about the the actual the amount of books that we've had since like 2013. Was it 2013 when Infinity happened? 2014. Yeah, so we had Infinity, which started the whole, which had the Terrigen bomb in it, which blew up Atalan. Which what led into Inhuman? We've had Karnak, we've had Uncanny Humans, All New Inhumans, Black Bolt. You know, we have been absolutely spoiled over the last few years. I think we've had more Inhumans books in the last three years than we've had in the last fifty. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's been great, and I, I just really want Saladin Ahmed to to uh, to write a team book. I would love that because he would nail it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, based on uh, on on his his novel, The Throne of the Crescent Moon, I think that he would really excel at at writing the team and writing Adelan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I I think or that their own new Adelan or whatever it is. Well, I, I I think that I think that there needs to be a bit of a status quo shift um, within within the Inhumans. I think that Adelan needs to become more isolated again. Um, it's gonna sound it's gonna sound awful, but uh, you know, if they if they go back to how they were in like the the, the Jenkins story, um, I think there's there's more scope for good, interesting sci-fi stuff, and maybe even another War well, of Kings, Realm of Kings. You know, um, the the cover solicitation for the for the February issue of uh, Monsters Unleashed. Uh, it shows that it's guest-starring guest Karnak, and it looks as though it's someone... They are heading towards the moon, so maybe Adeline will relocate on the moon. Well, we that would be see. interesting. And um, I need to really start reading Monsters Unleashed. I've heard it's been quite delightful. I know, and I guess we now are running out of reasons not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just true. It's hard because... Um, you know, ne- this next Wednesday, both uh, Black Bolt and oh, the final issue Black- of Once and Future Kings is coming out. It's hard to write reviews for those, uh, both on the same day. Uh, oh man! As- and Once and Future Kings, this is going to be this is the final issue, isn't it? For yeah. Once and Future yeah, Kings, the big finale. But um, yeah, which will, will they be? How many books are coming out before Christmas now, or the holiday season? I suppose we've got. Miss Marvel to come, Once Future Kings, Black Bolt. So uh, potentially got one more issue before before the end of the month. Episode even of Atalan Rising Podcast. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. If you need to talk to us. As always. Did you you want to to talk to... We have a, a holiday gift giveaway deal. Oh, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking to them. Um, we never ironed out the details exactly, but I do have a Medusa Funko Pop to give away. Um, that said, I would, uh, I will, um, ship just about anywhere. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, get outpost in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does get expensive to ship out of the country, but, uh, I think I'd be willing to do it. Um, so... I was gonna say I'll see what I can do as well because if if there's a local shop uh, near me that might still have a, a Medusa pop, so we could we could do two giveaways maybe by the end oh. of the month. Uh, we'll tell you what, email the show 
and um just just give us a comment whatever you want whatever your suggestions for the future that kind of thing and we'll put all your names into a hat um and we'll do pull a it out. yeah put a pull out a name before the, end of, before the end of the month and then maybe we might have another one towards the end of the month never know yes. so and if you want to enter you should enter at the show at adelanrising.com we will be checking um say hey medusa pop in the subject line or something like that and uh we will uh, look yeah, at your entry. Any suggestions you have for the show? Questions, comments, concerns, comments, compliments, or complaints? Um, yes. Whatever. Complain Just about. email us, and you will automatically be entered into. If you complain about me, your chances get much bigger. <laughs> bigger or smaller? So, email the show at AdelanRising.com. Put Medusa Funko in the title. Any uh, Anything you want to say to us, say to us, you will be automatically entered into the contest. And we will um, have the drawing somewhere probably closer to Christmas. Yep, and uh, cool, cool. I'll let you know. Um... About a uh, you know any more any more that we might have before Christmas because because it's Christmas guys it's the, it's December it is it's, December it's, it's, and I'm a curmudgeon <sighs> and I'm going no not Christmas I hate Christmas and but and uh, and Hanukkah so for waging a war on Christmas yeah Hanukkah right <laughs> don't you get it's don't actually you, not a huge holiday for us <laughs> don't you get like twelve days of gifts though is that or is that a myth yeah but it's mostly it's mostly just like chocolate coins and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I mean, nothing against chocolate coins. I love chocolate coins. <laughs> you love them, but you're just just too many of them. Yeah, well, no. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'll get we get gifts. Oh, okay. Well, you know, socks and that sort of stuff are always useful. So. <laughs> yeah, socks. Oh, socks, t-shirts. Dobby a sock. Dobby is free. Martin's giving Dobby a sock. Dobby is Thanks free. For okay, I'm ending the show at least. <laughs> My Thanks, Thanks for listening. Email everybody. the show at adelanrising.com and until next time. And I, I will advertise on Twitter, which is at adelanrising1. So, uh, you know, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. <laughs>